Welcome to the Freedom Revival, folks. I'm your host, Bruce Robertson, and uh, we're here now to discuss uh, the items of the day and the week. Um, since last week, a lot of things have been going on. Uh, we've seen a lot in, in the political area and also uh, activities and, and events uh, around the world uh, that are of major concern to our listeners. Uh, the um, I want to start the show uh, by, um, by reciting a quote from one of my favorites, Benjamin Franklin. I've, I've used this quote many times before, but I like to repeat it because it's so pertinent to what's going on in the world today. And uh, Ben Franklin said, democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. Well, how appropriate is that for what we're seeing going on these days? Now, the breaking story that I want to open with is a very interesting one. Do you guys know that Dr. Fauci was called in for a closed-door congressional hearing this week? And um, there was a select committee on COVID that had Dr. Fauci come in again and testify. And uh, there are some key takeaways from his two-day testimony. He spoke to them for two days, and they asked him questions. And uh, Unfortunately, the public wasn't allowed to see it. It wasn't videotaped, uh, as far as I know. But here are the key takeaways that are now leaking out of that two-day hearing. That we're, And we're starting to hear some of the uh, co members of Congress come out and speak about what was said. Uh, the key takeaways are as follows. Number one, Dr. Fauci now claims that the six feet apart social distancing recommendation you know i've been uh, i i've been uh, you know telling people for the last 3 years that this was a completely fraudulent uh protocol in terms of the uh, some of the, among the among all the fraudulent covid protocols this was one of the most egregious but it, fauci now says the 6 feet apart social distancing recommendation promoted by federal health officials was likely not based on any hard scientific data. He said it just sort of appeared. Can you imagine? Can you imagine shutting down the nation based on no hard scientific data? Just somebody had a whim that, oh, maybe we should keep people six feet apart. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to go too deep on this, but I happen to know where the six feet apart social distancing recommendation came from. There was a young girl, uh, I can't, I don't have her name, and uh, there's no sense uh, mentioning it anyway, but there was a young girl who did a high school science project, and she, um, her hypothesis as a high school girl was that people wouldn't get sick as often if they stayed six feet apart from each other. And I believe that federal health officials lifted this six feet distancing directly from that idea from that high school science project. Now, there's no sign that was it wasn't any real hard data on it. They just said, "Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Let's keep people six feet apart." And so they waved the magic wand, 
and it happened. And suddenly we see all these little stickers on the floor where we have to stay apart and, you know, uh, all this silly distancing. Meanwhile, small businesses are closing down. Big box stores were wide open and packed full of people. And uh, we all know what happened. So it just sort of appeared, Fauci said. There was no, uh, uh, there was no uh, real data to support it. Uh, number two, that number two uh, in the takeaways from Fauci's testimony before Congress, uh, Dr. Fauci acknowledged that the lab leak hypothesis is not a conspiracy theory. Well, we've been told for the last three years that you know COVID didn't come from a laboratory that it that was naturally occurring through some sort of. Uh, a wet market in China from uh, bats or some bat soup that people, uh, I mean, you know, the, the stories were ludicrous that they were spreading and the media was running with it and just saying, oh, yeah, it's naturally occurring and it's really dangerous. Well, now Fauci is acknowledging that the lab leak story is not a conspiracy theory, that it's true. This comes nearly four years after prompting the publication of the now infamous Proximal Origin paper, okay? There was a paper called the Proximal Origin paper that attempted to vilify and completely disprove the lab leak hypothesis. And once again, the media got behind it and said it was it was just a conspiracy theory. It didn't come from a lab. And, you know, Trump called it the Wuhan virus. And, and got lambasted in the media for being racist against Chinese people and all this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, it did come from the Wuhan lab, and Fauci is basically acknowledging that now. Okay, After the, the, the cows are already out of the barn, and now they're closing the barn door. Um, number three, Fauci admitted in these closed-door congressional hearings that America's vaccine mandates during the COVID-19 pandemic could increase vaccine hesitancy in the future. You think? I mean, (laughs) if you haven't seen how many people are suffering from injuries from the vaccines and how many people have had myocarditis, sportsmen dropping on, on sports fields all around the world, Soccer players dropping dead at the peak of their health and physical career. Uh, You know, ball players, football players. uh, It's just high school kids just dropping uh, from the uh, effects of of the vaccine and all sorts of other things, too. All heart, all sorts of additional heart problems, arrhythmia. uh, uh, What's it called? Uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome. And um, and other things. So uh, now he's saying that the mandates uh, may increase vaccine hesitancy. In other words, people won't be so willing to go get a vaccine after they've been held down and jabbed with this toxic experimental gene therapy. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty brilliant on Fauci's part to uh, deduce that finally. Uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, number four, Dr. Fauci advised American universities to impose vaccine mandates on their students. So that came from him. Can you imagine? Your kids are in school. 
and the school tells them they can't go back to school unless they're vaccinated and they have to show proof. No wonder parents were up in arms. Number five, Dr. Fauci played semantics with the definition of the term lab leak in an attempt to cover up the inaccurate conclusions of the proximal origin paper that I mentioned earlier. You know, they had this paper that went out and the media picked up on it and they said that, uh, you know, it was a conspiracy theory that it had that it came from a lab leak and also all, all, all these things. So it's impossible for him to defend the proximal origin thesis as definitive. So now he's walking it back. Now all of, all of a sudden, now, you know, almost four years later, after businesses shut down and people were locked in their homes, senior citizens were, were isolated from their families at the in, the in the twilight of their lives. People missed out on getting uh, crucial cancer treatments and other treatments for diseases and illnesses that they had. Um, be all because of these uh, distancing and vaccine mandates and lockdowns and protocols that now are turning out to be completely wrong. Number six, Dr. Fauci agreed with President Trump's order that restricted travel from China and supported his further restrictions on travel from EU countries and the United Kingdom. Well, at least they agreed on something. I mean, what was Trump to do? Of course, he's going to, he had to shut, shut down travel from the places where the virus leaked to. Okay. Um, you know, and we had uh, significant evidence that it was coming from China and that there were big outbreaks in places like, um, you know, um, I think it was Moderna, Italy, which, uh, which is where all the factories where they assemble all the Italian designer stuff using Chinese labor. And they have boatloads of, of Chinese workers coming from Wuhan on almost a constant rotation to come and assemble all those um, products that, you know, <laughs> here's another funny thing. If you you buy designer clothes from, from Italy, right? The Italians are known. They have beautiful fabrics. And, you know, listen, I'm not putting the Italians down. The Italians do a great design job and, and beautiful things that you can buy. You know, uh, all the top designer names that are Italian are, you know, and some of them are really my favorites as well. But <clears throat> I have to tell you, a lot of that stuff is designed in Italy, and then it's it's the fabrics can come from wherever they're woven, okay, which some may, may might be Italy as well. But uh, the patterns then are cut in China, all the piecework is done in China, and then all that stuff is shipped back to Italy where the final sewing together happens, done by Chinese workers in Italian factories, so, so, so they can say that it's made in Italy. I mean, that's how it works, folks, just in case you're wondering where that uh, Armani or uh, Ferragamo outfit that you've got, or uh, you know, any of the others, uh, are made. They're, they may be designed in Italy, and the fabrics may be Italian or Italian in origin or uh, concept. But 
<clears throat> certainly all the heavy lifting is done by Chinese, either in China or imported workers from China working in Italy so they can put a made in Italy label on your clothing. Isn't that interesting? Um, so, so now after all these lockdowns and crashing the U.S. economy and putting all these people out of work and disrupting everything and, and, and all the, you know, rollout of the vaccines, which now have injured millions of people. Fauci is testifying that the lab leak hypothesis was not a, not a conspiracy theory. And he's admitting that all this social distancing was not based on science. It sort of just appeared, he said. You know, remember, schools across our nation were closed down to comply with the six-foot rule. Just all I have to say is, wow. I mean, it, it, it's just, it blows my mind that, you know, we're being run, this nation is being run by criminals and idiots. Now, now I'm going to roll into the uh, top 10 headlines that the media didn't tell you about this week. First of all, well, maybe it's more than 10. I'm usually more than 10. I, should, I shouldn't even say top 10. It's the top headlines. Evidence suggests that Jeffrey Epstein collected blackmail and information, including photographs and videos on powerful individuals worldwide in order to control policy and politicians around the world, including in the United States of America. Does the FBI have this information? Where's all this information? Where are the photographs and videos? I mean, we have... We now we're starting to get leaking out now the uh, Epstein lists, but they're they're fragmented. They're not complete. Some names are redacted, of course, to protect the guilty. Um, you know, it's a typical uh, it's a typical monkey walk by the FBI, uh, uh, slow walking these things out. Um, so we want to see the information. Okay, we as inquiring American citizens want to see what happened. Okay, and there's more on Epstein later in the top items. The FBI has been asked to locate and release hundreds of missing Jeffrey Epstein documents and materials that include tapes and CDs and passports and pictures and video cards that were, uh, you know, raided from his $51 million New York City townhouse, as well as from his island complex in the Caribbean, amid suspicions that, you know, the convicted pedophile was linked to Mossad and possibly the CIA. And, you know, it, it, there's, a, there's a big mess there uh, in terms of his involvements uh, or his alleged involvements. Uh, Trump attorney Alina Haba on that same issue is now calling for the immediate arrest of all Jeffrey Epstein associates that have not already been arrested, and that's probably most of them have not yet been arrested. Elon Musk says that the Biden administration is actively facilitating illegal immigration to the United States. And I think we know why. They're planning to allow them to vote and putting them all on welfare to bribe them for their votes. 
I mean, this is an old Democrat game that that, you know, maybe started in the 60s with the welfare system where they, you know, I mean, do you know that that uh, before uh, before Lyndon Johnson, most uh, black Americans voted Republican uh, ever since the Emancipation Proclamation? When the Republicans freed the slaves and the Democrats fought against freeing the slaves in this country, look it up. And the, it was the Democrats who, who you know, put forth the Jim Crow laws and the segregation laws in the South and, you know, formed the KKK and so forth. And uh, Republicans in uh, from the North, mostly, uh, put up uh, Abraham Lincoln as their first Republican president, founded the Republican Party and abolished slavery. And when slavery was finally abolished, most uh, freed slaves voted Republican. And that continued all the way up until the 60s. And in 1963 or 64, Lyndon Johnson uh, greatly expanded welfare and started paying, basically paying people to vote Democrat. You know, they wanted that check. They, uh, you know, it was, it was hard, hard to turn down. First, they split up the families in the inner cities by uh, offering uh, welfare, single welfare mothers more money than if they had a man in the house. And then they, uh, then they kind of addicted them to that welfare check. So, um, you know, they're planning to allow these, uh, these now illegals to do the same thing, and they're planning on bribing them with our money uh, just like they did with welfare in the 60s. In an exclusive interview with Tucker Carlson, the brother of convicted pedophile, now deceased, Jeffrey Epstein, says that he believes his brother, Jeffrey, was murdered by the federal government. I mean, you know, if you watch the interview with Tucker, he makes some very good points. I mean, there's a lot of things still that don't fit together in that story that you know how the none of the cameras worked in the jail and the 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 legation marks on on epstein's neck don't match uh with someone who would have hung themselves they match more with someone who was uh violently strangled to death and and other things there's many other things if you go into the interview tucker does does a great job with mark epstein brother of jeffrey epstein Florida Surgeon General Dr. Ladapo now warns against using COVID vaccines because they cause or worsen cancer. Have you heard about this turbo cancer going around? The They, they link it to the vaccines. And um, I have some friends who died from it, actually, who, you know, against my uh, advice, they went and got vaccinated. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we've lost a few people in, in, in our community uh, to uh, turbo cancer. And this, by turbo cancer, I mean, you know, all of a sudden, first they're healthy, and then they get their vaccines or boosters, and suddenly they're presenting with stage four cancer from the get-go. Like, right, right away, stage four cancer. It doesn't start at stage one or two, like most people when they, you know, they're diagnosed with cancer. They have some symptoms and they have like stage one or two and they go and undergo treatment. No, it's stage four from the beginning. It's turbo cancer. Uh, well, now 
the uh, the Florida Surgeon General, Dr. Ladapo, uh, is is uh, wants to ban the uh, mRNA COVID nineteen injections in Florida, and uh, he's he's not mincing any words about it. He came out and said it's absolutely immoral to offer these experimental products to the public. I think we're going to see that Ladapo is more right than wrong about this. Iowa school shooting was reportedly carried out by Dylan Butler, an LGBTQ student who identified with the pronouns he and they. Hmm. So, you know, we have the media characterizing these school shootings you know, as, uh, you know, deranged uh, MAGA supporters. It's always a deranged MAGA supporter at the school shooting until they find, or a racist or a, you know, white supremacist. And then they find out the student is, is you know, Latino or African-American uh, and that, or they were an LGBTQ person who was not a MAGA supporter, or they find out that they were on, uh, in many cases, psychotropic drugs. And I think that's going to continue uh, in that direction. And the media, of course, is going to try and snuff out the actual details. They don't even show the pictures of these people or when they do. You know, if the person has darker skin, they, they whitewash the photo so it makes the person look white. Can you imagine the media doing that? I mean, we're being lied to. I've seen it happen. I've seen it. I've seen the real photos of some of these shooters and, and violent criminals. And then I've seen... The uh, the whitewashed uh, uh, media version, and uh, it's it's just egregious. It's criminal what they're doing. Elon Musk comes out. <laughs> so Mark Cuban, do you know who Mark Cuban is? Mark Cuban owns the Dallas Mavericks. He's a billionaire. He's uh, he's he's a pretty uh, you know he he thinks a lot of himself. Mark Cuban. He was on uh, Shark Tank and so forth. And, uh, you know, he's a pretty famous guy. And, and you know, Mark Cuban and I have gone back and forth over a few things. Uh, you know, we've had some debates on Twitter ourselves. So I know, you know, how Cuban is. And um, uh, when um, Mark Cuban uh, has come out in favor of DEI in hiring in corporations, and he came out as a huge proponent. Saying you know, you know, DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion, diversity, equality, and inclusion in hiring. In other words, if you can hire more women and minorities, um, then you should hire them instead of you know, instead of just looking for the best person for the job, you should you should focus on hiring more women and minorities and so forth, uh, in in hiring. So, um so Elon Musk on Twitter just flamed Mark Cuban and came out and said, you know, he said, Mark, when are you going to hire uh, short white Asian women for the Dallas Mavericks basketball team? <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's hilarious. He's just Musk is just the best. He, you know, Elon Musk and Donald Trump are the two best trolls in the world they when they're trolling their their opposition not only are they funny they're right to the point they just nail it 
Okay. And Musk has been really good at that. So I got to give my Elon Musk a round of applause for, uh, for uh, coming after Cuban uh, in his support of uh, diversity, equality, and inclusion. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel now uh, threatens, have you seen this story? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel is threatening to sue the Jets quarterback, Aaron Roberts, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Rogers, sorry, after he implied that Kimmel's name might be on Epstein's list. <laughs> oh, I, I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh, and now illegal immigrants who are pouring into our country at, at you know, massive rates uh, are now receiving more welfare than all U.S. citizens combined. As I said before, the Biden administration and Dems want to bribe their votes, just like they did with welfare in the 60s. And... Um, Finally, Pfizer makes a $43 billion bet that turbo cancers are going to explode. What does Pfizer know that everybody else doesn't know? Where are the turbo cancers coming from? I think I addressed that a little earlier in the show, that uh, people are getting cancer from the vaccines. Um, so now I'm going to break away for a, uh, for a brief uh, commercial break. And um, listen to our sponsors. Stay right here with us, folks. Um, we have some great sponsors. And, it, you know, a lot of them are all about your health and your welfare. You're concerned. We're concerned about you and your family. And if you listen to these uh, great sponsors, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 
15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to the Freedom Revival, folks. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. I'm your host, Bruce Robertson. And, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about some of the news stories and the items before the break. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to continue in that vein. Uh, I just There's just so much news to digest that I feel that, you know, we should, we should at least touch on some of these stories. Uh, you know, so... One of the new items is that, um, you know, has, have you seen Trump's, uh, Trump did a speech in, in Iowa uh, the other day, and uh, he vowed to deploy the largest deportation effort. You know, we have this, this border problem, a uh, huge border problem, and he has vowed to deploy the largest deportation effort in the history of our country to correct Joe Biden's disastrous border policies. And uh, he, he, he actually had a really quotable quote. He said, uh, I quote, we have millions and millions of people here. It is not sustainable. Did you see in New York where they're getting the regular students out and putting migrants in their place in schools? We're going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country. We're bringing everybody back to where they came from, unquote. That was Donald Trump speaking before uh, a rally just last week, just this past week. So, you know, there's a lot of big stuff going on. Uh, you know, meanwhile, where's the, where's the war in Ukraine been? Has anybody seen that in the media lately? Did that just go away out of the news cycle? I mean, uh, the uh, this past week... The media's been silent on this. The Biden administration has been completely silent on this. But uh, ex-prosecutor general of Ukraine, Yuri Lutsenko, now says that Ukraine has lost 500,000 troops in this war and is losing an average of 30,000 per month. Now, the United States lost a little over 400,000 troops in World War II, and World War II lasted almost 10 years, right? I mean, uh, you know, like seven, eight years, something like that. World War II went on, ground, you know, in, in, in multiple theaters around the world. I mean, the South Pacific and uh, obviously Europe. And uh, so 
Now Ukraine has lost 500,000 troops and it hasn't even been, you know, it's only been like a year and a half, two years uh, since all this stuff heated up. The media is silent. Biden is silent. Nobody wants to talk about it. I predicted a long time ago that if we got involved in supporting Ukraine uh, and, and we, you know, ginned up this war between Ukraine and Russia, that the only people that were going to suffer were the Ukrainian people and the soldiers on both sides that gave their lives in, in, in fighting this ridiculous battle. Okay. Ukraine is the uh, seat, and I did a show on this. Ukraine is the seat of the original Kievan Rus, the foundation of all Russian cultural and religious uh, background. Moscow didn't exist when Kiev was thriving uh, back in the old days. And the Orthodox faith was brought to Kiev, and that's how the Slavs converted to Eastern Orthodoxy, which is now called Russian Orthodox, uh, which is, you know, basically like Greek Orthodoxy. Um, so that's happening. We're losing the war in Ukraine, and we have millions and millions of people coming into the country unfettered at our borders, and they're being distributed everywhere by this corrupt government. And now we've got sort of a topic that uh, that's being uh, thrown around. The, the word insurrection is being thrown around a lot since J6. So I want to cover some things about insurrection. You know, we're seeing uh, rumors of insurrection more than actual insurrection. All right. As we know, the Colorado court, and others have now barred Trump from the primary ballot based on their interpretation of a clause in the 14th Amendment. And I've addressed this in other shows. I did a whole show on the 14th Amendment and how it's been uh, twisted for several reasons, one of them being the insurrection clause and the other one being the uh, birthright citizenship uh, for, for uh, slaves which has been interpreted into allowing anyone born here to become a citizen of the United States. And I don't believe, in fact, I know that that wasn't the intent of the author of the 14th Amendment. So um, so based on their interpretation that he led an insurrection against the government, some of these states are now trying to bar and have succeeded, uh, at least at the state court level, of barring Trump from the primary ballot. Even though these state courts don't really have jurisdiction, to take someone off a national election ballot. So this is going to be a big fight, I believe, in the Supreme Court. And I think that Trump will be uh, triumphant in this when it gets to the Supreme Court. But, you know, given that the Democrats across the nation are now so gleefully willing to eliminate their most formidable political opponent from the ballot in 2024, I mean, they're willing to do anything, even if it's not legal or constitutional, to take Trump off the ballot in 2024. And I'm sure there's a there are some rhino politicians on the on the Republican side that are are helping them and want to do the same thing. So with all this sort of willing to bend the rules and break laws even to uh, to get Trump off the ballot, isn't it completely logical to conclude that they cheated in the 2020 election? I mean, what's the difference? What would what would stop them? If they're willing to go this far, why wouldn't they go that far? 
What really is the difference between manipulating an election or canceling an opposing political candidate or just maybe even canceling elections altogether, uh, you know, making up some kind of a, a national disaster to cancel elections altogether, just like their, uh, their, their, you know, champion of democracy, Vladimir Zelensky, has now done in Ukraine. He's canceling elections in Ukraine, okay? This, this you know, we're sending money over there to fight against the evil Russians and fight for democracy in Ukraine, and Zelensky is canceling elections. What kind of democracy is that? So you know who else eliminated their political opposition and who else canceled elections to remain in power indefinitely throughout history? Well, we could go down a short list, and I'll name some of them, okay? Hitler, Stalin, Chairman Mao in China, Fidel Castro, and Pol Pot. They either eliminated their opposition or canceled elections or steered the elections in their favor through cheating and uh, keeping people, certain people from the polls or um, you, you know, using propaganda or all of the above. Most of them used all of the above. And it looks like the Democrats are in good company because they're using all of the above by trying to eliminate Donald Trump from the ballot and canceling, you know, maybe they'll even cancel elections. Who knows? We'll see. But they're in good company with all those former dictators who did the exact same thing. The evidence keeps pouring in on this, folks. Uh, you know, some of it may be circumstantial and behavioral, but, you know, it's still evidence and uh, it, it's, it's mounting. So let's keep our eyes peeled on that issue. In other news, James O'Keefe, Remember James O'Keefe? James O'Keefe that uh, has just uncovered that 60% of all donations to actblue.org, that's one of the biggest uh, funding arms of the Democratic National Committee, 60% of all their donations have come from communist Chinese sources. So who's running the Democrat Party if they're getting 60% of the donations for one of their biggest uh, funding arms, and it's coming from China. Well, I think we all know. I think we all know where Joe Biden is getting some of his money from, and probably some people in our Congress and Senate as well. Uh, you know, and they're charging him with insurrection. The serious charge of insurrection requires a significant burden of proof. You have to have proof of intent before anyone can make a claim of insurrection. Oh, sure, the media will try and uh, try him in the uh, in the court of public opinion by using propagandist means and spreading rumors and all sorts of dirty stuff that they're doing, fake stories, and then they'll retract the story after everybody already heard it and they, they already set their opinions about it. Okay, this is what they do. It's a wrap-up smear, just like Nancy Pelosi said. Uh, so, but insurrection, to charge somebody with insurrection requires a significant burden of proof of intent before you can make the claim. It also requires an indictment, right? You have to have charges. You have to have an indictment. And according to the 14th Amendment, 
the indictment should be preferably made by Congress, as it had been in the past in so many cases. And then, you know, then, of course, there's due process, which, by the way, not so ironically, is also guaranteed by the 14th Amendment, due process. So Trump needs to get due process. I mean, if they don't let him speak in his court case, if they don't let him make a statement in his court case, how is he getting due process? You know, if, if J6 doesn't have opposing counsel questioning the witnesses, how is there any due process in this situation? And if all these states are basing their findings on the results of J6, which we now know uh, a lot of those statements were retracted by the witnesses and whistleblowers, and they really didn't have a case. It's a, you know, <laughs> I have to, I hate to use the word trumped up, but it really was trumped up. Uh, you know, how are they going to use that to, uh, to uh, you know, keep somebody off the ballot when they're using false, it's false information, all right? And these courts are basing their, their decisions on that, these lower courts. I mean, no such charges of insurrection have ever been filed or adjudicated. Nobody's charged with insurrection. And the media is charging him with insurrection, and the leftists uh, and social media are barking insurrection. But nobody's made this this legal charge. Not even the court has charged him with insurrection. They're just saying, based on the findings of J6, which we now know were bogus hoax filings. So no charges of insurrection have even been proposed. So it's trial by media. But strangely, they all cite the 14th Amendment, which calls for due process, without even adhering to the basic tenets of the 14th, including due process. So it it just doesn't make logical sense what they're doing. And, you know, this, of course, is the kabuki theater of politics that we're witnessing. You know, for the record... um, the other day was January 6, 2024. It's now been over three years since a bunch of innocent, peaceful protesters were accused, along with Trump, of trying to take down the government. Okay. Most of the protesters are still in prison. Some of them have already served uh, some short prison terms. But here's what happened, okay? And this is certainly my opinion, and the opinion of a lot of others who have analyzed the situation, including, uh, you know, major uh, pundits like uh, Tucker Carlson and Laura Logan, and who's been doing a good, Laura Logan and Tucker Carlson have been doing a great job on this story as well. And uh, so here's what happened. An election was stolen. Everybody knows it. Anybody who's been paying attention knows that the election was stolen. Ballot boxes were stuffed. Uh, You know, the paper ballots, the mail-in ballots, and so forth have all been compromised. The machines were compromised. Uh, There was internet access to the machines where things could be manipulated remotely through uh, Wi-Fi and so forth. And that's illegal. Um, And, uh, you know, a bunch of other monkey business happened as well. If you watch the the movie 2000 Mules by Dinesh D'Souza, you can see it. And there's many others, too. Rigged is another great one, if you watch Rigged. Um, But anyway, an election was stolen. Trump appeared at a big rally in D.C. on January 6th uh, and gave a speech. We all 
sort of know this, right? And when he went down there and he gave this speech, there were like a million people there. And, you know, these people showed up in Washington, D.C. because they were fed up and they were convinced that the election had been stolen. They saw enough evidence to make them angry about it. And they went down there to voice their, to, to raise their voices and have and be heard by their political representatives in Washington. And uh, they also wanted to go to the Trump rally and see what Trump would say. And Trump gave a speech. He gave an excellent speech. And he urged people, I, I, I urge you to go listen to his speech from January 6th. He urged people at the end of that speech to go home peacefully. In fact, he started urging people to be peaceful the day before. Um, he was on Twitter urging people to uh, be peaceful. And they took down his Twitter account so that nobody could see him urging them to be peaceful. So he urged people to go home peacefully. That was before Elon took over Twitter. He urged people to go home peacefully after the rally, and he was very clear that they should respect the police. Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to listen to that, okay? But you can't blame Trump for it because Trump was actually clear about what he said. Go home peacefully after the rally and respect the police. And then, you know, uh, after the uh, speech was over, uh, Secret Service advised him to leave the area, and he did. Uh, he, he initially thought maybe he'd go over to the Capitol with the protesters, but but uh, they, they advised him wisely to, uh, to leave the area because things might get a little frothy over there. Uh, so then eyewitnesses next to the Capitol, near the Capitol, including other bus drivers, uh, saw ghost buses being unloading, uh, being unloaded, and uh, on those buses were what appeared to be federal agent provocateurs at the Capitol. Have you heard about this? You know, Clay Higgins has been championing this in uh, championing championing this in uh, in Congress. He's been uh, he's been a big advocate of of investigating what happened with these ghost buses. And you know, Clay Higgins is a former um, law enforcement investigator, and he does great work. So, um, you know, follow Clay Higgins and see what he has to say about it. And you'll find out more about the ghost buses. Um, but they were, you know, they, they bust in people to infiltrate the crowd. These are called agent provocateurs. And they were probably a combination of federal agents and maybe some Antifa members and uh, other people that were, you know, paid to go and agitate in the crowd. And, uh, you know, I had some friends that were there on the ground, and they said that they saw people in the bushes that were changing out of their black clothes and into, like, red Trump hats and T-shirts in the near, you know, in the bushes. So, so these people were, like, you know, dressed up as Trump supporters, but they were anything but Trump supporters, and they were embedded in the crowd, and there were hundreds of them. So, um, along with federal agents... They will, still won't tell us how many federal agents were in the crowd, but it's estimated that there were more than 200 uh, federal agents in the crowd. And uh, I'd like to know what they were doing in that crowd. Because, I again, I have friends on the ground that said that they saw people who looked like feds that had earpieces, okay, and sleeve communications. You know those little microphones that go inside your sleeve and you talk to your, your wrist? Uh, to to communicate with each other, um, they said they saw people 
who were communicating with each other and obviously well organized. And they were taking the uh, the barricades, which looked like bicycle racks, okay, these uh, metal barricades, and they were dragging them over to the wall of the Capitol and putting them up against the wall and encouraging people to use them as ladders to climb up the Capitol wall, okay? So if that's not instigation and incitement, you know, and I, I'm not aware of any federal agents being arrested. And I'm not aware of any non-Trump supporters being arrested, even though there were many, many, many of them in the crowd. So what happened to all the so-called uh, Antifa people in the crowd? What happened to all the federal agents in the crowd? We want to know. And like I said, there were some 200-plus federal agents who infiltrated the crowd, and they tried to whip them up into a frenzy and command them to storm the Capitol. No federal agents were, were are in prison right now. No Antifa members are in prison right now. None of them were even detained, as far as I know. So here's what happened. On one side of the Capitol, the gates and the magnetic doors. We saw this on the film, by the way. The films, the films have mostly been released, although not all. Uh, but on one side of the Capitol, the gates and the magnetic doors were magically opened. And the Capitol Police waved people inside and calmly walked around with them. You saw that with the uh, the Buffalo uh, head guy, you know, uh, the Buffalo I mean, that guy wasn't violent. He was walking around. He was thanking people, shaking hands. He was like the mayor of the Capitol. I mean, he didn't, what, what rules did he break? He was invited in. He, Nancy Pelosi's daughter took, took pictures with Nancy Pelosi's uh, son or son-in-law took pictures with the guy. Uh, you know, that's another thing. Nancy Pelosi's daughter had a film crew on the ground filming. How come Nancy Pelosi's daughter was? She was inside the Capitol. Why wasn't she arrested? Now, there was a problem on the other side of the Capitol building. On the other side where the tunnel was and where the scaffolding was, um, you know, people were getting packed into that area as they were being pushed by police. And suddenly the police decided they were going to just start lobbing pepper balls and flashbang grenades and shooting rubber bullets into the crowd. So here's a bunch of people that are singing the national anthem and they're all locking arms and swaying back and forth and they just want their voice to be heard. And it's, you know, listen, there's a lot of seniors in the crowd. There's a, there are people in wheelchairs in the crowd. I mean, you know, it, I, I don't know whether people brought their kids. I'm sure maybe some people brought their kids, right? It was like a rally. So, um, they're in this peaceful crowd. Then all of a sudden, the cops start firing flashbang grenades and rubber bullets and pepper balls, you know, tear gas into the crowd, causing the crowd to panic. And then they start bashing people with batons. Uh, you know, they incited mass panic in the crowd and, and probably some anger, you know. I mean, people were already a little angry that the election was stolen, right? So they whipped it up even more. And, you know, among the protesters, um, they killed two women and they badly beat some others. I mean, if you look at the uh, if you look at the video, you can see a video of a trigger happy Capitol cop. You know, that's the same guy who carelessly left his loaded pistol in a public bathroom. OK, that guy who has, by the way, not been arrested. OK, and he's not been charged. In fact, he got promoted and decorated. Uh, he shot 
an unarmed young female veteran, Ashley Babbitt, she's made, been made famous now from this, he shot her in the neck and she died. Okay? She wasn't armed. What was she doing? What, a couple of broken windows? She was trying to climb through a broken window and he shot her in the face? Uh, we saw a video of another innocent young woman, Roseanne Boyland, who uh, was apparently beaten to death by Capitol Police. She, too, was unarmed. You know, there's varying mainstream media reports that claim she was either crushed by the crowd or died of a drug overdose. I mean, there's all sorts of stories flying around. But if you look at the footage, it seems to show otherwise. And, you know, now there's another unarmed woman that comes to the forefront uh, that uh, was, was badly injured. Her name is Victoria Charity White. And Laura Logan just did a great Rumble show on her uh, recently. Laura Logan's been really hitting all uh, cylinders on uh, J6. She's not leave, letting it go. And uh, her this the, the work that she's doing is admirable. Um, but uh, Victoria White was viciously brutalized by police. Uh, she was kind of shoved in, in with the crowd. She couldn't even move. And in fact, she lost her jacket and her hat in the in the pushing and shoving that was going on as all this tear gas and flashbang grenades and rubber bullets caused a like you know that it, it it caused chaos in the crowd and she was kind of swept into the capitol tunnel and uh and that's where cops began beating and stabbing her with riot clubs so they slammed and there's video of this okay if you watch the laura logan uh uh show on this uh, you, she has, you know, videotape of them slamming her into the concrete walls of the tunnel. She's not fighting with them. She's she's trying. To, she's fighting for her life more than anything else. They're stabbing her with the riot clubs in in you know uh, sensitive areas of her body, in her kidneys and so forth. And they're they're hitting her over the head with these big riot clubs. I mean, she's a mother of four who's now in prison. Well, actually, she served. Uh, I guess she served a, 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 her time in prison. She was charged with felonious assault, like six charges, even though she never fought with the police. So I have to ask you, is this an insurrection? Is that what an insurrection looks like? Virtually no guns. I mean, they, might have, they may have found one or two people that had illegal firearms on the, on the Capitol grounds. But I mean, you know, we, none, of, none of the patriots shot anybody. Okay. The cops shot people. Uh, there's no real violence, really, except for, by the police. I mean, there was some pushing around, some shoving, a couple of broken windows. I mean, there were no buildings burned down or police cars turned over and burned. I mean, where's the intent to insurrect? Don't you think that if a million marchers wanted to overthrow the Capitol, they would have arrived armed to the hilt and ready to take over the Capitol with a plan to keep it? I mean... Don't you think that a million Americans could do that if they wanted to? I mean, you know, <laughs> the, the conservative people in America have hundreds of millions of guns. Why did they leave them all home if they were going to have an insurrection? Instead, we saw maybe 100 people calmly walking around the building, carefully paying attention to the velvet ropes, taking pictures while escorted by Capitol Police. Since when does an insurrection have tour guides, folks? That's what I want to know. 
know. I mean, a typical insurrection takes major, major force of military deployment to put it down. You know, and let's look at the insurrections in history. Just think about the American Revolution, Shays Rebellion, the Whiskey Rebellion, John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry, the American Civil War. Those are insurrections. This may have been a riot that got a little too rowdy, but I think it was incited by, you know, flashbang grenades and some other stuff. There was no intent. There was no insurrection. Let's get the facts straight. Now they're trying to bar their political opponent from the ballot. And you cannot claim to be pro-American, pro-American freedom, or in support of our electoral system when you seek to win by prosecuting your opponents and having them remove from ballots. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Revival. I'm your host, Bruce Robertson, and I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you.